Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Well, it's my privilege to minister to you this morning uh, through God's strength and thank you to Pastor, uh, Pastor Steve and Nicole for this opportunity to, to minister this morning and through the Word of God. And, you know, the greatest pursuit we will ever make is to pursue a close relationship with Jesus. It's to pursue the cause of the kingdom of God. And, and as Christians, you know, we need to do this well. And with effectiveness, we need vision. And vision, of course, in this context is uh, the picture that God has given us as individuals and as a church community. And, of course, it's founded upon the promises that we have in his word, in the Bible. And uh, our, ch- our vision as a church is Jesus gives life to the full. Live it, share it. And this is based on John 10 verse 10, where Jesus says that the thief, that Satan, the thief has come to to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And uh, amen, absolutely. So Jesus is at the center of all that we are and, and what we do. And uh, this is, of course, as we've been talking about in recent weeks, our our purpose circles as a church. And so this really explains and expands on how we go about carrying that vision out. And uh, if we we think about uh, that it starts with the why, it starts with the vision. Uh, we, we can't do anything without vision. Where would we be as a church or as, a, as an individual if we did not have a clear vision? Um, what would happen if we just decided to live in the moment or no specific planning involved? We'll just see how things work out. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no revelation, other translations say vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And so we need vision to pursue the things that God has for us as individuals and also as a church community and the corporate body of Christ. So how else does our faith stand unless we clearly know what we're heading towards, right? And so someone in the Bible who understood the importance of vision was a man named Caleb. And we first learn about Caleb in Numbers 13 as one of the 12 spies from the tribes of Israel who was sent to explore the promised land. And the promised land was a geographical area uh, that, that God declared to give to his people, the Israelites. Exodus 3 verse 8, God said, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so Caleb is a part of seeing this vision come to pass. You are a part, we are a part of seeing this vision of Jesus giving life to the full come to pass in uh, our areas of influence. And so Caleb's story runs alongside Joshua, uh, one of the other spies who eventually leads uh, the people of Israel into the promised land following Moses' death. And so Caleb isn't really at the forefront of Scripture in the same way that we see Joshua and Moses as standout leaders in Israel. But if we read Caleb's story as it's woven in Scripture, we find a faithful and consistent follower of God who chose to look at things with that God perspective. Caleb fought for, he held on to, and he didn't stray from the vision that God had given him. Caleb was a vision keeper. And so let's turn right now to Numbers 13. Uh, If you have your Bible with you, please please feel free to to turn to that. Otherwise, it's coming up on the screen behind me. We're starting at verse 26, which is when the spies have returned from uh, from exploring the promised land. 
So verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. The spies return with this report that the land is good. There is a bountiful harvest waiting to be enjoyed. But it becomes clear they're not focusing on that. Their focus is on the problem, on those who occupied the land, these giants that were noted for their great size and strength. The problem becomes bigger than the promise. Vision sees the promise as bigger than the problem. And so Caleb into Caleb. Caleb stands up for the promises, the vision of God about the promised land. Numbers 13 verse 30, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. And so Caleb gave a report that was prompted by faith. Caleb gave a report that was prompted by the vision that God had given his people. He was giving this land into their hands, but the others saw defeat. And by giving a bad report, they were effectively saying, I think you're wrong, God. I think your vision's wrong. Uh, <laughs> you're not capable of doing what you said you were going to do. But Caleb and Joshua, on the other hand, they saw the victory. And so God wants us to continually go to a place of faith as we trust in his promises, no matter the obstacles in our way. Vision helps us to do this. And for Caleb, the vision was God giving possession of the promised land to the Israelites. But, but there were these obstacles in his way, the, the unbelief and the fear of those around him, not to mention physical giants. But, and, and so I suppose if Caleb had allowed those obstacles to be bigger than the promise, then he too would have given a report out of fear. He would have said, no, we can't do this. But he didn't because he was faithful to the vision. He saw that the promise was bigger than the problem. We may not be facing physical giants like the descendants of Anak, but, but we do face giants, don't we, of fear, unbelief, uh, doubt, financial hardship, marital problems, conflict in relationships, sickness, insecurity, just to name a few. And the enemy wants to use these to blur our vision that God has given us so it seems like the problem is bigger. But the problem you face isn't bigger than your God. Your God is bigger than the problem. His promises are eternal and we are on the winning side. We are, are being positioned for victory in Jesus. And so the vision in your life is coming to pass because His promises are leading you into victory and not defeat. I don't know if you know that today. Uh, maybe you need to believe it today that He's leading you into victory and not into a place of defeat. And if you believe He's leading you into a place of defeat, that is the enemy and He's lying to you. And He wants you to know today that is a, a lie. He wants you to cast that aside. And God wants you to know, I am bringing you into victory in the name of Jesus. And so the bad report given by most of the spies incited this fear in the Israelites. What you say to those you are leading or those who are under your influence really matters. And so in Numbers 14, we see that this fear leads to grumbling and complaining. I'm sure none of us have been there, have we? Uh, to the point where the Israelites even contemplate going back to Egypt, back to slavery as a better option. That's what I said too, Pastor Nicole. What? Numbers 14, verse 3, wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Yeah, 
Interesting. <laughs> so they lose sight of the vision altogether, don't they? But Caleb and Joshua, I love Caleb and Joshua. They continue to urge the people to trust God and take possession of the land. Numbers 14, 7 to 10. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Not just good, but exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. <laughs> I, I kind of picture jo- Caleb and Joshua looking at each other and sort of talking and saying, get the feeling they're not keen on the whole taking possession of the promised land idea. So talk about a plan not coming together, right? And so uh, Caleb is being faithful and yet he finds himself hated by his own people for believing God's promises. And so how did he keep it together? by focusing on the bigger picture. At the end of 2012, uh, I reached a crossroads of sorts. Uh, I had applied to attend Perth Bible College and I withdrew withdrew my application. I didn't uh, have God's peace about it, but I'd gone quite far in the process. Uh, My boyfriend had broken up with me at the time and I was taking house sitting gigs. I didn't actually have anywhere permanent to to stay. And so I was really starting to question if God was was telling me to go back to New Zealand. I had moved over from from New Zealand uh, two years prior to that. And so I was thinking, well, maybe being here is a mistake. Uh, Maybe it was just meant to be for a short season and the season is over. And to be honest, that's probably one of the loneliest seasons of my life. But ultimately what got me through was I kept holding on to the bigger picture that God had for my life. Uh, I, I knew that God had called me to be in Perth. And so vision vision focuses on the bigger picture. Uh, and so my bigger picture was God calling me uh, to leave New Zealand, to, to come to Perth as a 21-year-old to fulfill the call of God on my life. And the bigger picture for the Israelites in Numbers 13 is that the promised land is rightfully theirs. Victory is their inheritance. And that was what Caleb was really trying to remind them. But listen to the spies' words. If we go back to Numbers 13, 31 to 33. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. So dramatic. Uh, All the people we saw out there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. The can't tells you everything. The Israelites lose sight of the bigger picture, they only see the obstacles. The giants are there, they will squash us. Have you ever felt like the giant you face is squashing you? Like it will devour you? I know I have. Maybe we need to lift our eyes again (laughs) to see the bigger picture. What is God wanting to do in you and through you as you overcome the giant. Not run away from it. Running away from it is not going to solve the problem. Pastor Nicole said it before, we've got to run to God, not away from Him. And so what has God already promised you? A vision keeper is concerned with the bigger picture. We don't get lost in the details, in the lesser thing. As vision keepers, we are set on where we are going and we're not allowing obstacles, no matter how insurmountable they may seem, become more important than the end game. We press on to the ultimate goal, don't we? Because we are vision keepers. We're vision keepers, right? Come on, in the name of Jesus. And so Caleb, he doesn't focus on the size of the giants or their fortified towns because that wasn't the bigger picture. 
The bigger picture was God's bringing us into the promised land and He can overcome any and every obstacle in our way. He believed that the, in the vision that this land was rightfully theirs as God's people and He knew that their part to play was to be obedient and to trust God. We do have a part to play in bringing the vision to pass in our lives. But the Israelites didn't do that, did they? We see they deliberately rebel. They turn away from the vision. They end up wandering in the desert for 40 years. And there were severe consequences. A whole generation died in the wilderness and never saw the promised land because of their unbelief and rebellion. Some might hear this and think, well, what about compassion? How can a loving God let a whole generation die because of a mistake? God's given us free will to make choices. God doesn't force anyone to do anything. He doesn't force us to do what is good. He calls us to trust Him that His plans for us are good and that He's faithful to bring to pass a vision that He's put into our heart. And when we choose not to trust God and when we deliberately walk away from His plans like the Israelites did, because in other words, they were saying, well, we know better, God, so we're going to do it our way. Well, there are consequences. There are consequences. Yes, because of what Jesus has done, we are forgiven. But that doesn't mean there aren't consequences for the decisions that we make. Yes, we have grace in Jesus. This is not an excuse for us to do whatever we want, however we want, whenever we want. Grace is the unmerited favour of God to help us to seek, to live a life that is worthy and honourable before Him in thought and word and in deed. And Caleb was someone who did that. And in Numbers 14, the result for him that was different from the, other, the, the rest of the generation other than Joshua was that he assured Caleb, God assured Caleb he would not die in the wilderness and instead he would inherit the promised land. Why? Numbers 14 verse 24, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Caleb trusted in the vision he saw the bigger picture of God's plan and he put his faith in that. And you know, our church vision, Jesus gives life to the full, live it, share it. That's our bigger picture as a church community. But what's your personal bigger picture? What's your personal vision? Do you even have one? If you don't, I'd suggest it's time to get one. Uh, mine is that I am called by God to live boldly and on purpose, shining his name brightly and caring for others with his love. We want to be people who have a clear vision and are faithful in the process of it being carried out in our lives. If you don't have one, I encourage you, get a personal vision. What's your bigger picture? During this long season of wandering for 40 years, homeless, moving from place to place in the desert, never secure, facing enemies, seeing the consequences unfold, I could understand, and I'm sure you could too, if Caleb had given up on the vision. Even being told that he was going to enter the promised land, eventually the surrounding circumstances could have easily caused him to go to a place of doubt and think, well, I was faithful, but look where that got me. I don't know if this is ever going to happen for me. What if I remain faithful? It all comes to nothing. The disappointment of not being able to take hold of that land when it was right in front of his eyes, when he knew what was there, that could have easily caused resentment and bitterness to rise within his heart, right? But this doesn't happen because Caleb was a vision keeper and he held on to the vision. Vision does not give up. As vision keepers, we go again. We go again. And so vision keeps us going when things don't go to plan. And so Caleb keeps a hold of that vision with all those years that pass by. 
You might have a vision. You might have a promise that God has given you. But like Caleb, many years have passed. You're yet to see it come to fruition. I hope that this next part will encourage you in Joshua 14, in the next part of Caleb's story, where he makes a speech in front of Joshua. And so he's been wandering for 40 years. The Israelites have finally entered the Promised Land, but they've endured five years of war. Caleb is now 85 years old. 45 years have passed since he explored the land. 45 years. (laughs) So you would think maybe we'll see some resentment in Caleb. (laughs) At what's ahead? Joshua 14, verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have, uh, have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord has promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm just as strong as today as the day Moses set me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Woo, give me this hill country. Come on. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Wow, come on. As 85 years old, Caleb is still ready to go to the battle and take possession of the promised land. Woo, I don't think you can get to this age with that kind of passion without vision. And if you're in the more mature generation here today, I just want to say thank you so much for continuing to sow the vision. Thank you. We honour you. We thank you. And you know what, God, I felt God, as I was preparing this message, God wanted to say to you, uh, you're not done yet. And God has more for you and he's got more land for you to take a hold of and possess in the name of Jesus. And so Caleb's confidence comes from trusting in the vision, never giving up on the glorious future God had laid out before him. When we don't give up on the vision that God has given us, when we choose to be vision keepers and hold on to His promises, it keeps the fire of God, the Holy Spirit, representing His His plans, His promises, and His uh, mission burning on the inside of us so that when the time comes for the vision to come to pass, we're ready and we're faithful like Caleb was that day as he spoke to Joshua. Caleb received his portion of land as he promised, even though it came many years later. Whatever your personal vision is, your bigger picture, whatever God has promised you, He wants you to know today that He is faithful. He is faithful and He is bringing your vision to fruition according to His perfect will for you in Jesus Christ. And it may not happen the way you thought on the timeline that you would like, but don't give up on the vision. Keep following Him faithfully. Keep doing the things that He's put in your hands to do with excellence. And I'm believing with you that as you do that, that vision you are holding on to is coming to pass in your life. As I was praying this morning, I was praying, yes, Lord, that He would bring those visions within you to pass, but in His timing and that in the waiting that you would learn to trust and rely on Him more and more. My last point is that vision is maintained by the confession of our mouth. 
Caleb continued to faithfully declare and stand on God's vision for his people despite the setbacks. As believers, the confession of your mouth frames your reality. What are you confessing about the giants that you face? Is the confession of your mouth one that brings glory to God and speaks His truth, speaks the promises in His Word? Are you declaring that Jesus gives life to the full or are you caught in a rut in any area of your thinking, I'm sure all of us have areas where we need to speak life again. You've noticed that you're not, what you're speaking in that particular area isn't bringing life. It's not bringing peace or joy or hope into that situation. We're not going to maintain the vision, particularly when we're going through disappointments or trials, if we're not speaking life. If the confession of our mouth doesn't line up with Scripture, ultimately we are speaking death. And so what can we do about this? Because we all have areas where we can address this. But some of you might particularly identify this is a problem for you. A couple of keys here today. One is to find a fighting scripture. I've heard Pastor Jace uh, from C3 Hepburn Heights, our, uh, our overseer, you know, he, he talks about this on several occasions. And it's good to build a habit of internalizing, memorizing scripture in all seasons, whether things are going well or not. Uh, having a fighting scripture, you know, a verse that fuels our faith. When we can't, when we when we speak it out, it fuel. You can feel it. It's like a fire burning within you. It's, it's especially helpful in challenging times. Well, we, we, when we when that vision that we we have. There's lots of obstacles in the way and we can sense that. We need a fighting scripture to kind of keep us going and often to get us back on track. It doesn't need to be a massive chunk of scripture. Uh, It could be one verse that you come back to throughout the day, that you say over and over again, you speak it and you declare it over yourself and your family and your friends and in the car, over your kids and and over, over your work, your ministry, your business, your work colleagues. One of mine at the moment is Ephesians 6 verse 10, which I've personalised. I am strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So my first key here is find a fighting scripture. Secondly, write your vision down. Every time you're aware that your thoughts and your words seem to be taking you off track, away from God's plans and purposes, go and read your vision. This is why it's important you actually get a personal vision if you don't have one. Again, it doesn't need to be long. Mine was, I think, two sentences. It's and so remind yourself what this life is all about through your vision. Uh, it's easy to, ne- to forget or neglect the vision uh, when we have a lot going on or when we are going through difficult times. But that's when we need to be leaning more and more into the vision to remind us what's actually true and to get that God perspective. And so if you're not sure where to start, how about John 10.10? I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I, in Jesus Christ, uh, have been given a full life. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.